And here we are for a sad episode of the Rugby Report card. I have two proud, well, one proud Brumbies fan and, and Blake with me who are disappointed by this week's ep- this week's activities. But how are you both? Jim, nice to have you back. How have you been? Good to be back. I've actually missed it the last few weeks, um, otherwise engaged. But, yeah, genuinely missed it. That's and awesome. we've missed you, buddy. Oh, yeah, thanks. We- yeah, we missed you, mate. Just your to, your, um, your yeah. team, your Wallaby team for the year was interesting. Yeah, a lot of feedback on that. Um, and, yeah, some of it fair. Yeah, sure, I'll concede on a few points, but largely I think it's accurate. What was your process, by the way, just to let you know? Like, what, what was the process you went through to select your players? Um, well, I think the theme of change. Uh, there needs to be some change. And I think we've seen that in some of the results this weekend and the weekend previous and the weekend previous to that, that we a few things need changing. Well, and I, I no just, one's got the no one's got the gonads to do it. I think that's what we're lacking here. Some genuine, hard-nosed, big ball leadership. I love you, Jim. I'm glad you're back, mate. Um, let's go back. To- uh, Richard, <laughs> I, I, I resent you're disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I'm I'm proud. I'm proud Brumbies fan. I'm proud of Australian rugby, and I'm fucking furious at the state of refereeing. I'm not disappointed, Richard. I'm proud and I'm angry. So just, to con- so just to confirm, though, that you're not disappointed your team lost in a semifinal or your second team? Not disappointed, angry, because they didn't lose. They were robbed. There's a big <laughs> difference, mate. There's a big difference. Oh, look, to say otherwise is a joke. That was a disgrace. And I'm not going to pussyfoot around it like we're some reputable journalists. It was a fucking disgrace. And it's rough that there's a hundred other decisions from minute zero to minute 78 when no one gives a fuck, okay? That in the 79th minute, all of a sudden we care about the decision. Them the breaks, man. Them the breaks. And I've just read tonight in between vomiting that Ben O'Keefe has been given the final as if he should be rewarded for that atrocious display. Now nah, they usually double down on that shit when someone fucks up so colossally. They just go, here's the next biggest carrot because we're not conceding that he made an error. Yeah, I think that's what annoys me the most. Just cut, half the Blues fans came out and said it. We're like, lucky to he, get away with that one. Look, if Lolaseo took that kick, he, can, he can't kick, mate. He's been really struggling. He would have missed. It would have been 2019. Um, um, he would have slotted it. Even Dan McKellar said it was in front of the posts. And we'll get to the game, right? I think it was a game of two halves. The Blues shellacked the Brumbies in the first. And the Brumbies machine got into effect in the second half. It was a great final. Um, it was blokes giving it their everything. And just to be ruined in the final minute, uh, there's no words. There's no words. Um, and just to even the process, right, for the whole game, he's walking around like a school teacher yelling at year seven, proudly blowing his whistle, ordering the troops around. 79th minute when the rubber hits the road, it looks like he's about to shit his pants. Um, he can't find the whistle. He's looking for a reason not to blow it. It pissed me off. Have I made that clear? Mm. Not the first or last game to come down to an inefficient ref. You got to swallow it. You got to wear it. You got to push on to the big series coming up in July. Yeah, I hear. I hear. But my God, didn't Australian rugby need a win? Did they? You lose this week. You lose the next. It's all the same. Man. Oh, yeah. Had a really good season. season. They did. They did. And I am proud about the season. Um, I was just trying to bring a little bit of ruckus, you know. But the thing is, the, the Blues have been all the talk of the of the last few rounds, the last few weeks, is this dynamic 
well-stocked squad that is unbeatable. If we've looked at the last two weeks, three weeks, they're nothing but beatable. Yeah, I watched the first half and I thought, oh, the Blues juggernaut's just too much. Brumbies aren't even playing that bad, falling off a few tackles. But this Blues machine, it's going to be by 20 by the end of this game. Um, and Bowden Barrett is in some really rich vein of form. But then the wheels came off the Blues operation. What do you reckon, Rich? Well, I was... I don't want to be disingenuous, but was it a case of the, the wheels came off? Was they took their foot off the pedal or a bit of color bag, Colin B? I don't think they did, mate. It was a final. The intensity was insane. Like blokes are being held up over the line, both sides of the field. Hmm. Um, it, it had test match level intensity to it. Um, I just think the Brumbies started to play the game where the Brumbies are dominant um, and the Blues subbed off their front rower who was destroying the Brumbies. Um, and the Brumbies bought on CO, who had a much better day at the office than Slipper. Um, and once the Brumbies have ascendancy at the scrum time and the line-out time, they're a pretty hard machine to stop. Mm. Um, yeah, when they get that platform in place and when they've got to go for it, completely echo that sentiment. Um, and I think for the Brumbies, we just, you know, obviously it should be disappointing because you're losing a final. But uh, if we look at the season as a whole and we gave our grades last week, I think... Uh, um, the Brumbies should be pleased with their overall season. Um, but, yes, disappointment that they didn't make that final. Um, but to go to your point, Jim, I think, yes, we've been talking about the, the Blues for a long time, but they they seem to be declining, whereas the Crusaders seem to be building to that crescendo at the final at the end. So as much as the Blues finished up on top of the ladder, et cetera, if you're a betting man, and I know you two like to, I think the Saders have to go in as favourites, even though we're at Eden Park, just because yeah. of that point I've just made. Look, the Blues game is um, quick offloads, counter-rucking, heads up footy. And if we took anything from the Crusaders game is the Crusaders defence is world championship level. That is test match, uh, world cup level defence, the red wall, the red and black wall, um, as they've dubbed it. And it is. It's it's not only the... The technique, but it's the the cynical nature, the smart or the street smarts of when to commit to the right, when not to, to push the uh, buttons and of the referee of how much they can go. They're, they're very good, the Crusaders. And as I said, I just feel that they're building at the moment. Yeah. Look, you're getting a little bit lost in the matrix on my end, but you raised some good points in patches. Yeah, look, <laughs> Sorry. I, I've still got the Blues as favourites. They've dusted the Crusaders. They won it last year. They, they came in first. I think for them, um, Papali'i playing or not playing makes a huge difference. He's arguably their best forward, uh, maybe Iwane, uh, but probably Papali'i for me, and he didn't play on the weekend. So I don't know. Does anyone know the state of him, if he'll be fit for the finals? Um, he's tracking okay. Uh, he's not... They're not committing him perfectly to the squad, but tracking well. It's going to be a game day decision on this one. Um, are you talking shit or do you actually know that? It sounded like you are talking shit. <laughs> talking shit, weren't you? <laughs> if Papali'i plays, I've got the Blues as favourites. Uh, I'm loving the Bowden Barrett Perifetta access. Uh, 10 and 15, obviously Perifetta's missed tackle was huge at the start of the game, but that's a, a dynamic little duo, the mm. interchange there between attack and defence, those two. Um, I, I'm salivating at Bowden Barrett versus Moanga. But with all of that said, I, I just haven't I haven't gone through my seven stages of grief. I haven't got to acceptance <laughs> yet. And, and I, at half time, I was done. I'd done all seven. Sworn at O'Keefe about the gangbang of the breakdown. I'd been sad. I'd been disappointed. And then the second half, it's that hope that kills you. It's the damn hope that kills you. 
Um, and then that just decision to end it just broke me. Um, the other thing that I, I tweeted out during the game that got a bit of traction, um, I just thought the, the Brumby scrum getting demolished for the first 50 minutes, um, that's case closed, isn't it, that the Wallabies props and Tupo and Bell? I can't understand this cult of have them off the bench because they're young shit. Um, isn't it case closed? Think it's a- we have to play our best two props. I don't think it's the cult of their come off the bench because they're young shit. I, I think they're one of them can come off the bench because they're explosive, dynamic, they're ball runners, broken field, etc. Whereas I think that's the more the argument. But Angus Bell, 100%, uh, and Tupo are the best scrummaging. I, th- I still question Tupo's angle at times, but they're the ones who are informed. But I think what do Tupo we have not- to do for Richard to say a good word about Tupo or Quade Cooper without a bit listen, of backtrack? Listen, listen to the podcast, <laughs> mate. Listen to the podcast. I say lots of good things about him. Don't start that yard. Um, the, um, I, I just think for him coming back off injury as well, I just think the, uh, the, the bell starts one side and Tupo comes off the bench because of match fitness. I just think if you, if you haven't played like high-level footy for a while, I think, just think it's better to come off the bench and ease yourself in. So, And then maybe start games two or three afterwards. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what happens. But just watching Al Alatoa and Slipper get pushed around just made me think the prop has sort of evolved from the... Uh, you know, mastery of the dark arts to an NFL lineman. You just got to be a beast. Like it's just a power dynamic position right now. I, I disagree with that. I think the the actual technique that you still have to scrummage is is their primary job to to scrummage, line out left, clean out. Yes, you have to ball carry. Yes, I understand you're talking about uh, getting over the gain line, but no, I'm that talking is your primary scrum. job. I'm talking yeah. about scrum. They need that dynamic explosiveness. Uh, and that only, but that only can be implemented if you have sound technique to go with it. That yeah, does. I think those two, two, two mm. do. Yes, um, those two do. Yes, is the point I was trying to make. Um, so Brumby's great season, though. I tell you what, letting Simone go feels like a bit of a nightmare right now, doesn't it? Well, he yeah, never really think... found his form. Never found his form no, until it was too late. Until the finals. Yeah. Or this season, so to speak. Yeah, he's had just a belter of a season. His footwork, um, I mean, he's been the game game changer in the two finals. Mm. I saw someone tweet, why does Australia like Paisami more than Simone? Um, And a year ago, I would have had a simple answer for you, but right now, Simone's the form inside centre in Australia, isn't he? Without question. Paisami is just here comes the boom legion, legion of boom. You know, they just got the high hits, the very strong defence that can turn momentum. And can kiss and kick and pass. Can for the Wallabies anyway. Yeah. It's been rubbish. Um, so interesting. So sad to see Simone go. And I don't know who the uh, the Brumbies will fill him with. Well, they're in um, rebuild mode, aren't they? They're back to basics. Yeah. What's next year look like for Bernie Larkin? I don't know, but he'd have his finger on the pulse with some talent running around. I'm sure there's some good stock there. If not, he's working on poaching them from the other states. Um, um, yeah, because it's going to be a bit of a rebuild. It felt like this was their year. Bernie will get him back. All right. I like <laughs> But just yeah, remember a- when he was coaching him, he was from the school of Jake Watt. It was very boring, very up and under, very set piece sort of football. And they've actually developed a little bit of a backline run game. Yeah, I just worry that the losses, Simone, Banks, Feinger, CEO, some losses. Yeah. yeah each one of but- them, though. Banks, you shat on for a good five years, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I think the thing is you've got a good you've got uh, when you look at it objectively a lot of it comes down to how strong your your 
Jacob Rose are your back row, your playmaker at nine. Okay, I think they're positions that are all set. You can get over the gain line. Um, yes, the outside the fullback is super important, but there's a lot of talent down, down there that I think that will come into the system in inverted commas that we talk about. And I think it won't be as big a rebuild as what you think it would might be. Well, I think it's Simone is the whole, right? Flying out, whatever. Pollard looks to be a freak. Lonigan's been amazing off the bench. CO doesn't get much game time anyway. Yeah. Uh, Banks, you're right, Jim. We're pretty harsh on him. I think he is replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who. It's, it's Simone. The things with those positions is... Either, either kid you pick to come in and fill that slot is going to be a little bit of a roll of the die. It's the coaching that goes on once they're in that position, how quickly the player picks up on the pace of the game and the style of play. Um, that's what it all comes down to. And how long do you stay with your pick or the person that you've sort of invested in before you chalk it up as a loss? Like you look at Aiden Tua. Remember when he was running back at 15 and he went yeah. over to the Reds for a bit? He had some talent. There's absolutely no question. He played some good games, but he was never going to be a long-term solution at 15 for that football team. But I go back to that point. He wasn't coming through. Like I, Maybe I'm incorrect, but I feel like even within the younger systems, like there's still the Brumbies are all taught to play the same way. They're, they're, there's the same culture. And when you come into that first team, you've already gone through it. So you understand. So the transition seems to be a lot quicker than what it would be with, within other franchises or other teams, no? I, I agree. But for me, inside centre is part of Absolutely. And he, the, he, the he, managing of that machine. And, and in he seems to be the, the guy who's in charge of that defensive pressure, calls it out. It seems to be like the defensive captain that part, but um, I think I don't think it'd be as big a rebuild as what, what you think it might be, especially uh, if you get Karevi in there. So, Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would solve a few of our problems. We don't um, have the dollars, do we, to do that dance? Apparently, he's considering it. Mm. Um, I think he's talking to clubs while he's training for the Wallabies right now. Does it make sense for him to be here in a World Cup year? Mm. Um, but money's money, mm. so what are you going to do? Um, I, I guess a couple of other comments on the Brumbies. Lots of people ended the game with Lolaseo's not up to it. Bullshit. Um, disagree. Uh, yeah, disagree. Yeah, I, I thought he had a pretty good. I thought he got worse as the game went on. Everyone else got better, but um, a lot of his defence, he, he was kind of stood up a bit, ran over a little bit. Um, there was a bit of criticism of Lolaseo that you know Edmed. Donaldson look better prospects. Carter Gordon. Just don't get this. The, the, we're all princes of the moment. Like last year, he played a couple of poor games for the Wallabies. He was like shit, and then he's come back and he's had a pack that's going forward, and then he's been he's played really well, and he's like, you know, he's he's amazing. And now he went slightly backwards this week, and now he's shit again. I understand that we live in the moment, and he's not shit, and he's not amazing, but he's still a very good ten who's very young. And I think he's someone you need to stick by. If you if you toss him aside, I think that will be a problem. You know, I, I, I agree entirely, Richard. I'm just telling you what the masses were saying. Yeah, I'm um, not with the masses actually. have the luxury of saying whatever they want. Not us. Those, those so-called journos, they can just throw someone out with the trash one week, keep them in with the bins the next week, you know? And it's like Quaid said, you uh, if you live for their praise, you die with their criticisms. Mm. Um, you, you really, it just comes down to whether or not you have good assessors of talent um, and whether or not your projections for these players are accurate. And do you have that hard-nosed big ball leadership I referred to earlier to make the big decisions if they don't make it, if they don't meet what you've got? And I think and the I thing think, is... I think Lollasia is still there. He's yeah, still- and I think the thing is, being a 10, like if you're thinking about... An, 
you know, a number eight or a seven or a, or a 10. They're all positions where you're consistently in the game. It's not like you could hide for a while. Kick so your goals, but. Yeah, kick your goals. But you're either those rocks or diamonds. It's not like where you can hide. Like a second row where I can say this is for what you could hide for a while. You know, as a winger, you could hide for a while. As a 10 or an eight or a six, you know, you can't. And and that's why I think we're, we're – Bit harsh on it. And I think we to need to let him go. Them. Yeah, no, mate. I'm, I'm, I thought he played well. I thought he had mm. his best season ever for the Brumbies. Yeah, I agree. Um, Get that I'm Bernie. Get Bernie giving him some te- whisper. The Bernie whisper in the, the, in the year weekend at Bernie's. Had a had a slice through the line like a hot knife through some meadow lee. Oh, I used to love Bernie through the meadow. It lee. used to be so unannounced. So he'd just be I a line out. We'd be losing by ten. And then a hot knife through some meadow leaves. Just slide through slice. and then a cutout hits Morty on the chest. Doesn't um, it? And a big cutout at that. I, I guess my point on Loisea, though, is it did kind of confirm for me I don't want him wearing Wallaby 10. No, nah, not yet. Quaid. So, yeah, I think, I think I agree, Jim. If it's not Quaid, run two 12s. <laughs> That's a just... terrible idea. <laughs> um, That's well, why you picked your squad, Jim. Yeah, Change, strange. mate. It was a strange squad. Talking of squads, uh, Wallaby squad announced this week. Always an exciting time as a Wallaby fan. Um, I thought it was exciting because uh, it's a genuinely very strong 35-man squad. Uh, and I think evidence of that is who misses out. Um, and, you know. Are there going to be more cuts? 35 is too big, man. No, I think in this day and age of the extra prop on the bench and all the HIA rules, um, you carry 38 now. How many is um, England bringing down, Richard? 1,700. Um, but I, I don't know. Any, any big obvious thoughts? I mean, the Fraser McWright one, I get it. He's not going to get a minute while you've got Michael Hooper in the squad. Mm. But I also saw a stat. You like this, Richard. You like a stat. Love Fraser it. McWright Love has three times the pilfers of every other back rower in that squad named together, combined. Mm. Dave Rennie knows that. Right, he knows. I mean, that. Hooper didn't play a lot of football, right? So it skews the data. A lot of those blokes, Leoto didn't play a lot of football. Valentini was out for a bit. But Hooper's never been your out-and-out thief in the night jackler, no. um, and there isn't one on the bench now. There's a lot of half-jacklers, Lonigan, Wilson, Samu, Valentini, but there's not that Australian typical out-and-out jackler. But I think that we've we got to remember that, that, I think. And I think we've got to remember, yeah, well, and I this before. Like, I think gone are the days of where it was just one person's sole responsibility for the seven to get over the ball. You've got to do it collectively now. Everybody has to have the capacity to get over it. And I think um, I think that's the the changing position of the seven. If you've got one, great, obviously, but I think it's more of a, a collective effort rather than a few, if that makes sense. So I don't think it's as big of an issue as what as what you imagine it to be. No, and I think Rennie hit the nail on the head when he said, I'd rather him playing footy than sitting around the squad. Yeah. Um, so he'll, he'll be picked maybe even as captain for Australia A, yeah. Fraser McWright. But, you know, you just worry, God forbid, Hooper goes down. The balance of that team looks pretty awkward. Yeah. Um, it's anticipating him playing a lot of minutes. Any other big takeaways? Uh, for me, I would actually look at, at, at the, the locks. Um, I, and I want to clarify this. And I'm not saying that they are not very good players, but I would just say the lack of experience within that, you know, uh, we talked about it, picking Isaac Rodder in there, and I know he's obviously injured and that's why he's not in the in the squad. But I just think if you take Matt Phillip out of it, uh, you look at Swain, Holloway, Neville, Frost, 
they've got 10 caps between them. And I understand a cap does not um, merit, you know, does not say that they're not being an outstanding footy player. And they're all very good second rowers. But I would just say that's one item of, of focus, really, to say that international level is very different to, to Super Rugby. And that may be, a, may be an issue. I, yeah. yeah, look, I don't disagree, Jim. I was just going to say, when you look at the squad, sort of to build off that point that you've made, Richard, is there's a couple of bib wearers that sort of stand out to me. <laughs> well, can I I'll hit the second rowers, then you hit the bib wearers. Oh, um, I, I was just going to say, yeah, look, I agree, Richard. I think Rodder is our first pick second rower. Um, and then the others, you know, Matt Phillips played a bit of footy now. He's, he's there or thereabouts. Swain's played a bit of footy now. There you're two and you're three. Frost is your long-term prospect. Um, Jed Holloway, he's fucking red hot, so you give him a go. Um, and then Neville, I think he's your bib wearer because Rodder's out. Um, it is what it is. We're missing Rodder. Um, but I think what's pleasing about Philip and Swain is they've performed at international rugby before, um, not consistently. They don't have that body of work, but they have performed at that level. And they're big boys. Mm. Height and weight, they're bigger than the England second row. Mm. Um, so at least they've got that going for them. It's not like we're throwing two kids in there to get No, them. I agree with that, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it's thin, right? We're thin there, we're thin at hooker and we're thin at fullback. Um, everywhere else is the strongest I've seen in, in a decade, I reckon. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's clear we're thin there. But there's optimism there, whereas hooker and fullback, not so much optimism. Can I ask just a general question before we go to the bib wearers? Because you said the strongest that you've been ever. Do you think that the, the centre partnership, but let me finish before you say that, um, is the strongest ever? Because I feel like they're all amazing players, don't get me wrong, and they're stronger than the England centres, I believe that. But do you think they're all one style of, of footy players and there's not enough variety in their attack? And as such, do you reckon it's as strong as previous incumbents within the position over the last few years? Um, yeah, it doesn't concern me. I know you've thought that they're all crash and bash. I, I, I think Karevi's got the skill set from sevens. He can do anything. It's mercurial. I think Paisami is a 12, not a 13. Um, and he's got those ball-playing skills. Yeah. Um, yeah, Australia's used to the second five. Um, mm. But I think, I think the games evolve from that. You need a you need a big you need big centers that can get you over the game line. Now, totally passing and those sorts of things are, are a must as well. Um, <laughs> they can't be all Jamie Roberts or Tom Carter's, um, but I reckon these folks have got enough strings in their bow. Mm. Um, I guess I, I'm confident there. So, who are the uh, the fodder? Who are the, uh, the the bib wearers in training, Jim? Well, the ones that I've got pegged is the. Uh... The incumbent bib wearers that look, I, I'm not expecting too much chop and changing over this three test series. I, I, I'm expecting a pick and stick tactic um, and limited game time, if not a bench appearance, if not at all, uh, the, the following few. And, and I'm sure you'll disagree as you often do. But um, Pony, Pony, Fa'amal Silly, Bib, Nick Frost, throw him a bib. Oh, I reckon you're wrong with Frost. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Neville's. I never. Yeah, yeah, you'll get you. You'll have your say. I reckon Frost. Is, I reckon. Let me go, Jed Holloway. I'm sorry, Jed Holloway. Even though outstanding form, throw the man a bib. I don't reckon he's going to get much game time in this setup. Uh, Rob Liotta, throw him a bib. Lockie Lonigan. I just reckon Dave Rennie's got a little crush on him, or he's got some Nick Fibs and. Uh, What's his name? Dingo James going on. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but throw Lockie a, a bib. 
I reckon there's a lot of wingers here and not enough spots. So either Kellaway or Corabetti or they're both starting. They're, yeah, you I'd reckon, say that's Kellaway's starting. Absolutely, yes, I do. Incumbent, yeah. yeah. And I reckon Rob Liotta's starting too, Jim. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. Yeah, at six, no, yeah. I wouldn't pick him. I wouldn't pick him. Um, do you know who? Do you know who the, 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 I reckon you've missed a big, a big bib wearer. I haven't finished. Oh, sorry, Jim. Sorry, Pete Samu. Just the, the mate. His his caps in a bib, huge. <laughs> He's the most capped bib we've got going on. It's a tucked in bib, though, yeah. <laughs> it's a tucked in bib. It's a tucked in bib. Um, and then uh, Sully Vunavalu, bit of a bib. I think Rennie's actually came out and said bib. Um, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that verbatim? News, they re-signed him. Is that verbatim, by the way? Yes, yeah, that's a press bib. conference. Press he's conference. A, he's a bib. He got his guitar out and said, after I finished this, by the way, is a bib. Okay. Just <laughs> um, exciting news, though, with Vinavala re-signing Australian rugby um, and a huge pay cut to boot. Um, really? Apparently it was pretty tough negotiation, but he really wanted to stay for the Rugby World Cup and Australian rugby really wanted him to stay for the Lions. So the compromise was you can stay for the World Cup, but you're not getting much cash and we'll see how it plays out in 12 months. Yeah, well, right. To be fair, he hasn't really done much for his nine hundred thousand right now, has he? No. So, so I think he's taken a two hundred k haircut, from what I hear. And doesn't that make Quade Cooper's uh, stock go up? Man, when he was getting paid nine hundred k to not play, he was down at the the subbies every weekend, or at least in the headlines. <laughs> yeah, he was putting in the training videos, inspiring the youngsters coming through, working it's on his clothing. Swinton, brand. for what it's worth, I've seen him at Spruik in the SFS a fair bit. Mm, he hasn't yeah. played a lot of footy, but I've seen him spruik in the SFS. Didn't he, didn't he turn to a company man real quick? Mm. Real quick, when he stopped getting those red cards. Yeah. Great no segue. Jersey. Great segue from the bib. I like it. Great segue. Any more bibs there, Jim? I don't know if I agree with you, bibs. Tom Wright, bib. He seems to be a bit of a bib wearer in the Wallaby setup. Yeah, I think he'll be unlucky. I still think you've missed a bib wearer. I, yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm the, the centres. You know, there's a bib on... There's still a bib to don in the centres, and I just can't really settle, and I'm worried that it's going to be Parise. I think Parise might be the bib. Go. I'm done. Shouldn't be the bib, I don't think. Yeah. Look, for me, and I just want to make sure that it obviously – if he's going to be fit, but for me, it has to be one of the one of the scrum halves. I don't get having three scrum halves in there. I, to be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, if anyone ever got gets injured, you could end up calling up the scrum half from someone else. So, if you think about a, a squad when you go to a World Cup, I know this is an, an extended squad, but you only you don't you only need to take two scrum halves. So, one of them, and my my perception is, or my anticipation is, that White starts and Take McDermott comes off the bench, and I don't think Jake Gordon plays that much. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, um, so you just so I would say that that he's going to be a bib. I would say he's probably a bib. I'm not going to argue with you there, but I reckon he's the type of bloke that adds a lot of training. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot, lot of bitching and moaning about no force players. Obviously, Rodder would have been one of the first named if he was. Who'd you pick? Who'd you Ab- pick? Absolutely none of those bums. Mm. Absolutely none of them. Anyone else? No, yeah, no. None. No, absolutely not. What would it be? A charity? Was and I'm also this a glad. Checker swag camp? Absolutely not. Work I'm also, harder, man. I'm also happy. I'm sorry, this is a sound harsh, but I'm also happy that he's finally not picked Resarge either. I know he he got better as the season went on, but just his lack of identity around what his position actually is and his lack of dynamism at times. I'm I'm glad that that, that Resarge is not in that squad. Yeah, yeah we, look, look we at Japan. Yeah, look at Japan now, Reese. It's, it's tough for him, right, because Banks is leaving. 15 was his. 
Um, and he just frankly didn't have a good enough season. Not helped by the Rebels. Um, it could have been his jersey mm. at the end. Of, like it could have been him in that team instead of Banks. But, but um, you see, is I agree with that point, but. You could also argue the fact that if his stock was high enough prior to it, he would have still been in the team. Like, Kellaway hasn't had a great season because he's never been on really on at the end of a, of a Rebels team that's been moving forward and scoring tries and looking all the things he is. But he still gets picked off, off reputation and off past performance, whereas Research doesn't, doesn't get that same level because of that lack of past performance. Uh, happy to see the back of him. Um, but my my worry is the fullback position. There's only been two fullbacks named in the team. Um, Banks and Bataya, and Bataya's got what 160 minutes fullback total. Um, it's a lot of rugby for Tom Banks to be playing, and no one seems to rate him that highly. Eddie Jones also- would be licking his lips there. Game one, elbow to the face. Just pick one of your bums to do it. Bataya fullback the rest of the series, game over. <laughs> I also think we need to think about, and I know. We talked about it before because you talked about it being a, a bit where I think Tom Wright has capacity to, to fill in a fullback. He's very elusive. He used to play there, I think, as a uh, within the junior age. He's a fly half back in the day. Yeah, okay. The but um, my record as well. So lost you there for a second, Richard. But yeah, no, I agree. I think Wright has huge potential at fullback, but it's, you know, England and then the rugby championships probably not where you want mm. to run that experiment. I reckon they're going to put Kellaway in there before they do anything risky, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad shot. Hey, totally unrelated. Does anyone know where the fuck Scott CEO is going? No. I actually looked. I saw a thing on Twitter today saying he's looking for another super rugby club. I read somewhere that he's going to, to, that. to Pacifica. Yeah, I'd heard that too. I thought he was going to France. Oh, fuck it. I heard it was Japan. I heard it was the NRL. It's got to be England then, hasn't it? Surely. <laughs> got absolutely no idea. I couldn't find a couldn't find a straight answer. Hey, New Zealand named their squad as well, as you can imagine. Fuck off, good. Um, but the only skinniness I noted there was halfback. Didn't yeah. pick TJ Perinara. That hmm. doesn't surprise me though. I just think it really, it really like moving forward. Like I understand what you're going to say. But again, if they're building in inverted commas, Aaron Smith is there is one hundred percent the the number one option. And you made the point last week, which I agree that every team plays better that has an Aaron Smith in them. So the the gap to the number two is is huge. So why don't you bring in a player that is going to learn from being in that environment? It, it makes sense if TJ Pranara is not in their World Cup um, in their well in their mind for the World Cup. So he would be in my mind, right? You've only got one more year. Mm. It's not that long. He's only 30. It's not like he's 32, 33. Mm. Um, I think he's, you know, if he's past it, he's just over the curve. Um, and he's such an intense player. I reckon it's just a no good blokes policy. Plus, he's, he's probably in injured as well because he came off in that Tars game looking injured as well. So that might have something to do with it. No, I, I heard dropped. I heard dropped. Oh. But like I said, he seems to be a good bloke, TJ. So they probably cut him for that. I like it. Um, yeah, right. Any other thoughts? Any other musings? Um, not about Wallaroos the squad, but I do. On the weekend, yeah, cool. I was just about to say the the the, the Wallaroos actually. So um, I suppose you know the classic tale of two halves went down early against the USA. What was it, sixteen nil down at, at one point? But uh, you know, very gallant used that word last year, last week. You know, um, in, in defeat and showed great desire to come back into the game, and 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 obviously just didn't quite get there in the end. But. Uh, I think playing in those close games is, is really going to benefit them. And, and I think moving forward, I think that was the game that they were going to win. 
um, mm. which is a shame they didn't. Um, and they'll find it tough against Canada, obviously, next week, who ran New Zealand. I know, obviously, New Zealand won, but uh, Canada are a good setup. So it's a shame the Wallaroos didn't win, but it, it's good to see them get close again. It can only help them moving forward. Yeah, it feels like they've got a little ways to go, though. Mm. Little but ways it, to go. You think of how little rugby they've actually played at that level as well, as opposed to, you know, other nations around the world that have got um, leagues up and, you know, up and running. So, um, yeah, we shouldn't be too downhearted. And, and obviously, there's only 191 Wallaroos that have ever played rugby. So, we've got to still, it's still very much in their infancy at the moment. I tell you what, I, I appreciate the rugby community, the way they get around it. Mm. Um, it seems as real, but I know lots of people are upset that they named the Wallaby squad just before kickoff. Um, and a lot of people thought that was a little disrespectful. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit, bit of a miss there by the yeah. by the marketing team, but, you know, the pigeon not doing his thing. Mm. Love the fact that uh, Sakopi Kapu came in and handed out the jersey presentation. I thought that was nice as well. Yeah, right. Anything else to add in the world of rugby, Jim? No, not particularly. Not the top of the tongue, not the top of the head. Sorry. Oh. Uh, w- all right. One more question from me, and then we'll talk final next week and wrap her up. Who is the Wallaby 5-8? Craig Cooper. Yeah, I said I'd said Lola Seo before, but I think probably if you're running Kellaway, if, if you if yeah, I, I agree. I think you've got to apply probably, the same logic. It's not one for one, dude. Exactly one for the other. Yeah, if Karevi's coming in at twelve too, yeah. it's done. Man. It's written in the wind. I think we're a better side with Quaid. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, not. A, it's definitely not O'Connor. He's been too inconsistent, and he's. I don't. I don't trust him enough. As much as at the beginning of the season, I was hundred percent on the James O'Connor bandwagon, but I think it has to probably be Quaid at the moment. I'm well and truly off it. The O'Connor bandwagon. I'm not in. No, you haven't been in at all. For all, oh, I find him very dull, very one-dimensional, <laughs> very slow, no energy. Um. I'm on the O'Connor train, but it's impossible to be on it. There's no sustained game time where he was fit and running fast. Well, the um, station's coming up, mate. You're going to have to make a decision whether you're on or off soon. Mm. So make it I'm, now, no, please. Team Quaid, Team Quaid. Um, mm. I, I just, it's just a big step up, right? Div 2 in Japan. To, to play England and the All Blacks, but he did it last year. But again, I think we've said this before. It is he is such a lucky in inverted cobbers because he's got Karevi outside him, who is such a, a, a benefactor, a, a beneficial to have outside him. You could shovel. But shit. even without Karevi, he was player of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he, absolutely. But I'm just saying that now you're saying the jump from Division Two yeah. into Test match. I'm just saying that having that player who is a world class player outside you could allow you to just, you know, tread water for a little bit, you know. And, and, and I even think to that, wide inside him. Wide doesn't yes, mind managing nine the, for a bit. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. mind managing the game. Yeah. And Quaid doesn't mind ordering his halfback to manage the game. Mm, he, yeah. picks, he picks his moments rather than plays every moment. Mm. Um, When's the I, first test? Two weeks? Three weeks? Probably a little while, wouldn't it? I think it's 3rd of July, I think it is. I hate this break. I hate this break. Mm. Mate, it's only two weeks, man. Yeah, it's not that long, man. Um, um, right. My boys, who's winning? Blues Crusaders. Crusaders. Yeah, I'd, I said I think the Crusaders are building, but you wouldn't be surprised. It's a flip of a coin, let's be honest. But if I'll you, be rooting for the Blues, but, you know. Yeah, I reckon the Saders Blue, are Blues are favourites. Saders going to say to man. Um, I'm on the Blues. Well, I can't, win the, I can't win the tipping comp, so I'm disappointed now. But anyway. Is that still going? Yes, right. mate, because we're still in the season, man. That's, you're, no. you're a bad egg. 
Wow. I would get as, if, as if you both log in, do your tips every week. Every Jim, week. You're not a bad egg. Don't let don't let Blake, you know, call new names or anything. You're all good, man. That's the nicest thing anyone said to me today. Don't worry about it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Catch ya.